Welcome to the Establish the Edge podcast. I'm your host, Mike Leone. We have a special edition of the show today. It's going to be the audio version of a live stream Drew Dinkmeyer and I did drafting a Best Ball Mania tournament team, which is sure to win the million dollar grand prize. If you want to check out the full video of that, go over to the Establish the Run YouTube channel. More importantly, anybody who is an ETR draft kit sub, do not leave free money on the table. And there is money on the table. You get a $10 free credit to underdog if you have a draft kit sub. You also have a $35 credit if you do not already have an underdog account. So whether you have one or not, there's free money to be had with your ETR draft kit. I will leave a link in the show description that explains how you can claim this credit. Without further ado, here is the million dollar winning draft from myself, Andrew Dinkmeyer. All right, welcome to Establish the Run live stream with me and Drew Dinkmeyer. Also going to have this posted as audio on Establish the Edge. So if you're listening there, won't be able to see the draft board, but you'll be able to hear Dink and I talk through a best ball mania draft. We're going to try and uh, win a million dollars here, Dink. So how you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling great. I've I've run through, you know, it's unusual for me to be this prepared at this point in fantasy football season, but Thankfully, uh, the NBA playoffs has had plenty of off days, so I have run through about 50 best ball mania drafts so far, so feeling good. You've gone, you've gone through 50? <laughs> yeah. Wow, you're ahead of me. I'm at like 25. I didn't realize yeah. you had been piling on that many drafts, Dink. So. I've been grinding, man. Have you been doing fast drafts or mostly slow drafts? So I, had, I started with all slow drafts during basketball season and then basically decided after doing like one or two fast drafts in the last week that I was going to really try to do a lot of fast drafts and I was going to be very particular about the time of day I'm trying to do the fast drafts as well. Mm-hmm. I think if you are doing fast drafts like in the middle of the afternoon and whatnot, like we are going to be now, you're probably running into pretty good competition. But if you're doing them like kind of late at night or like early evening, I think you get some more casual participants and you get some funkier draft situations. Davis Maddock has always told me first thing in the morning is good. I don't know if he, you know, he's just justifying his schedule there or saying that, but probably better than the afternoon. I need to do some fast drafts. We're going to do fast draft now, but the stream fast drafts can be tough because people can see our queue get sniped. I'm going to try and pull the draft board up and not our queue, but we'll see how that goes. If I, if I can handle being live and producing at that level at the same time, but I need to do more fast drafts. I just, they always take like just a touch longer than I want them to. Like I want them at a half hour and then it's like more like 40 to 45 minutes. But um, come August, I'm going to be piling in more drafts. You know, the draft rooms are kind of tough right now. We hit in last week's version of the ADP report, how the wide receivers have flown up the board. Thanks to Eric Bime for and ship chasing the running backs have tanked. So I've done a few drafts since then. Uh, we'll see how uh, we handle it through it sort of like really is case by case basis, depending on what draft room you get. The draft yeah. rooms are pretty volatile right now. Yeah, no, it's uh, you, you can see really wide gaps on some of those, you know, prototypical dead zone running backs. Now you can see like Mike Davis, Miles Gaskin. You can see those guys go as late as like Kareem Hunt, like eighth round now in some drafts, like where things get really, really wild. Um, so you try to feel out the room. Oh my God, look at that. 
We we joined the draft. We draw the one one, which is just the absolute nut position. But sorry, go ahead, continue, Dink. No, I mean that's I mean right there we feel like big winners. Uh, not only that, but uh, Chris Lafakis is at is at one point two there. So we even we even beat Claff uh, with with the number one pick. So I'm pretty excited. I've got the draft board shared too. I have figured it out. The draft board's up. Dink, you can't see our queue and whatnot, but I can. That's yeah, that's all right. I can I can follow along. The yeah, the one one such an edge. I would love to see these. It just would never catch on in a more casual, broader audience. But the three round reversal, I feel like is. I like the it, NFL. It, yeah, it needs that, to but. be. It needs to be a part of fantasy football drafts. <laughs> I I like. I think it's just such a big difference, uh, especially in the half PPR. So um, yeah. I have that. my camera zoomed out so that I look that. thinner than I am. So thank you, Josh. <laughs> I've been running. I lost a little weight. No. Okay. The people listening are on the clock. No we're on the clock. Oh. So just take McCaffrey. I mean, we're, we can't get auto-drafted anyone but him unless you did something really funky. I but. do like, you know, Silaficus's determination to join because we joined this draft and there was only one spot open. I, you know, we, which is good timing because we didn't have yeah. all the people flooding it, but people maybe <laughs> have flooded it ahead of time in, in hopes of getting into our draft. But CMC here, the world is really your oyster with, with the CMC mm-hmm. starts. You can go hyper fragile, you can get elite wide receiver, elite tight end, and be like super flexible based on how things go. You know, there, there, there's so many different routes. We get Kelsey going at five, so already deviating a little. I guess he goes around there. I, I usually draft him more like seven or eight, um, but no wide receivers yet. So this might not be a wide receiver heavy room, which would be good for us, I think. Yeah. When you when you get this first draft slot, do you start to think about, because you have so much flexibility, not only getting Christian McCaffrey in terms of the lineup builds that you can do, but also in having the back-to-back picks and how you can potentially set up stacks and different things like that. I've seen some people do the CMC and then the reach on Amari CD at the 2-3 turn, the reach on Dak at the 4-5 turn and set up those types of stacks. Have you have you gotten deep enough into like CMC builds where you've tried to plot out unusual stacks to pair with him? I haven't. I mean, I figure if I'm maxing this thing out 150, you know, if I even break a little bit lucky, I get 15 CMC teams. So I'm pretty much value hunting. I don't know how the ADPs are going to change between now and the start of the season. So I haven't really reached to do something like that. I think it's a little early for CD Cooper versus some of the other receivers. I get it. Like I'm someone who loves Dallas. Yeah. You know, I did a four for four podcast. They asked me for basically, you know, a bold call for the year. And it was just, Dallas is going to lead the league in scoring and just go absolutely nuclear. But I don't know. I haven't been able to bring myself to, I I generally don't do that. I'm really just thinking about structure, a combination of structure and value and like tying those together as much as possible, working my correlation. But yeah, I'm rarely being like, okay, I want to like get this unique Dallas stack with CMC. Just one of the, one of the things that I've been thinking about that I think is because the contest is so big, it's so massive that I've been thinking about like, are you going to actually end up with like duped teams in the playoff rounds? Um, because like, because also like certain, certain build positions, like the CMC build position, I feel like it's a pretty tight range that you're op- just the way the draft falls, which is why I think it's so advantageous, but a lot of tiers seem to cut off right around that draft slot. 
and it feels like you end up in this like pretty tight window of what CMC teams look like. That it's harder to harder to I don't want to say differentiate because that's not the right word, but it, it's harder to build a bad team with CMC if you're like drafting structurally correct. But it's also harder to like have wildly different rosters than everybody else based on the way things fall. Yeah, I mean it's possible that like the the optimal lineup for a specific week ends up being duped, but I think overall that roster differentiation is going to be. Uh, there's just so many spots. The ADPs are going to change so much. Like even if it feels like the tiers cut off, it's going to change. So I don't like, I haven't from the CMC spot, even though I'm using my own rankings, I don't know if I have a team of even, you know, six overlapping players, you know, okay. among my, my CMC teams. So what are you looking at here now that, now that we're two, two away? Uh, I generally like to take Kittle, get the elite tight end. Waller has gone. Uh, I'm like so open though here. If CEH fell, I might do be open to a three RB build or take two backs late. CEH go yeah. one spot so away. I don't mind. I don't mind Kittle, but Pitts falls to the four or five very frequently now. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons that I've been going wide receiver, wide receiver here, unless one of the running backs falls. Metcalf would have been delightful. Metcalf's nice because um, then you you can get Russ sometimes at yeah like seven, you can get Lockett eight. and you can get Lockett and sometimes there. Um, okay, so I I've generally been smashing AJ Brown here. Um, yeah, AJ Brown and then Keenan or Justin Jefferson or Kittle have been, and I've been leaning on the wide receivers and hoping Pitt, Pitts falls to the four or five has been what I've been doing. I've been souring a little bit on Herbert, but not not necessarily the offense, but just Herbert as a premium investment, but. He's also been falling a little bit, so I don't mind grabbing him. I think there's a little bit more stack upside than Jefferson has. And I agree. yeah, I agree with that. Uh, so let's go Keenan here. We'll go AJ Brown, Keenan. Okay. I also think Keenan, I mean, I was listening to the, the I've been listening to a lot of the established edge pods with you and Cratch, which have been fantastic. But you guys were talking a lot about how it's almost hard not to get the Keenan projection really, really high. And in some ways it's almost even somewhat conservative just based on what we saw in terms of him dominating target share and then losing, you know, potentially losing some tight end target volume uh, with the Hunter Henry downgrade to, to Jared cook. So I, I was pretty, pretty excited and pretty interested in the idea. Um, my guess is, my guess is we will not get pits just because my guess is Lafficus would snipe us before uh before yeah. we, we get we get pits which is fine though you can end up with some interesting um you know fonts uh higby I've been more open to the three tight end teams too to yeah. stream there by and for talking about this where because people have caught on to drafting tons of wide receivers yep they don't draft and they don't draft three tight ends like they're kind of everyone's yeah. doing what the optimal was last yep. year and it changes the math a little bit where some of these tight ends late are almost better flex plays than the wide receivers going late. So, yeah, I got um, I got Gronk in like seventeen or eighteen in a draft just the other day because of that. Because like nobody was, and it was my it was it was just like okay, I can take Gronk or I can take like you know Byron Pringle or something like someone that I don't know is necessarily going to be on the field. Uh, Joey Chrysler asks, can I get some info on what this draft is for? This is the Underdog Best Ball Mania Tournament Million Dollar Grand Prize. Basically, you have to come in top two in your 12-team league in weeks one through 14. Should you do that, you advance to playoff round. Week 15, you have to be in top X percent of finishers. Same thing week 16. If you're lucky enough to do that, you make it to week 17. And you know your scores starting from scratch each of these playoff weeks, 15, 16, 17, 
And then week 17 is for the huge grand prize. I personally still really value trying to get as many teams into the playoffs as possible versus yeah. sort of maximizing my teams in the playoffs. Some sharp people have pointed out like this contest is way different than the version last year in terms of the quantity of people. So and it's the, also super top heavy. Yeah, it's like, even more top heavy. So I get in theory, I get wanting to optimize a bit more for the playoff weeks. I'm just I'm just highly skeptical that that's something we have that much control over between injuries, busts, breakouts, you know, defense year over year not being stable, yeah. let alone us predicting it in, you know, those weeks. And then those weeks also starting over too. It's like, I don't know. I'm just trying to build. Yeah. I am trying to build some monster teams, but I'm mostly trying to get out of my the thing. The thing that I would say is I just keep an eye on where I can maybe create some mini correlations with tiebreakers and stuff. So like, Right now, you know, I'm keeping in mind that CMC plays, you know, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, New Orleans uh, in the playoff schedule. AJ Brown plays, you know, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Miami, and Keenan Allen plays. Did I say San Francisco? I did say San Francisco. I I just get excited whenever San Francisco. And then the Chargers play Kansas City, Houston, and Denver. So in terms of like overlap, uh, you know, we don't have a lot of overlap from our first three players in terms of teams that they play. So there's not like a clear path to start adding value. But like an example is I had like a, a Kyler Murray stack that I was in a slow draft earlier today and it came up and I could take, I took like Rondell Moore to pair with him as a normal stack. But then my next pick came around and Tony Pollard was there and I was kind of heavy at running back already. But I was like, man, if Arizona and Dallas is a week 17 game, I have no other Dallas exposure. There's a path that if I do get to week 17, like I reach slightly for Pollard, who I like anyway a lot, but just because like it's already building an Arizona heavy roster and I had no Dallas. And like I will do stuff like that where it's like a like a six pick reach or like I'm I'm tie breaking between guys essentially is the way that I'll kind of go about it. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Uh, one build, I don't know if we'll do it, but I'm thinking about a little bit. There was a build last year that had really good 1% rates that people kind of ignored because it didn't mesh with the kind of the macro, what you do with the onesie, but it was a three, four, eight, three build. And basically those teams are just absolutely loading up on running back yeah. and receiver early. Yeah. And I, I think that type of build is actually somewhat interesting this year you know, depending how it breaks where, especially we got CMC. So with CMC, you can, with CMC, you can do some fun stuff like that. Like I've had some CMC teams where I'm three quarterbacks because I've just been loading up on skill. Yeah. And then you're, because you only need to cover a second running back spot. So even yeah. if it's three man running backs, it's fine. Yeah. And it also lets us do what we've done, which is load up on elite receivers yeah. despite starting with a running back. And then you take advantage kind of how people are only taking two QBs, only taking two tight ends, and we're getting better third QBs, better third tight ends than maybe in the past. So that's something I'm open to here, which is I don't usually do that. See, Lafka is going to time out here? Is that him? He takes pits. He times out. That's what I figured. So wanted the max pain for us. Yeah, so Higgins is, I assume, one of the picks here. I can't see our board, but I assume T is one of them. Yeah, I think it's, I kind of want to go Thielen and Higgins, just the way I'm messing with it structurally. The other, yeah, those are fine to me, but what are the other wide receivers? That's like a teardrop before. It's, so then there's Kenny Galladay, Deontay Johnson, Robbie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm good with, I'm good with T and Thielen. T 
Keen Thielen, I have been drafting a lot of Miles Sanders here. I was going back and forth with Amico, but I, I want to do this really wide. Take, take that, take that Lafficus. You can't get the you can't get the mega onslaught Minnesota. We're taking Thielen. Yeah, we should, we should wind the clock on him. I take that. I'm going to. <laughs> don't let me wind the clock late though, because I don't know if I've done my auto draft settings. I've definitely <laughs> queued up wide receivers late when I've maxed out on the settings, yeah. which you can easily change. They they fixed that, but I've just been lazy and haven't done it. So uh, we are CMC, AJ Brown, Keenan Allen, T. Higgins, Adam Thielen through yeah. five. Adam so, Thielen is your wide receiver four. Feels feels good. Yeah, and I get Thielen is on a scary part of the age curve at 31, but it's such a concentrated offense. And I think you know, Justin Jefferson being there, we saw, you know, help Thielen's efficiency. He scored a bunch of touchdowns last year. We expect the touchdowns to regress, but it's still going to be very concentrated. And it's kind of like if Sanders or if Jefferson has another great year, the offense is probably doing pretty well. And Thielen's still going to be above 20% target share. And if something happens to Jefferson, it could be, you know, like a 30% target share and that would offset, you know, the yeah. more fragile offense as a whole. Bum, 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 bum. This is kind of a mixed room. It feels like so far I have noticed at the four or five turn, because people are drafting wide receivers a little bit smarter, a little bit earlier. It's not as much of a smash as it used to be. With the so season. the fifth, the fifth round is the most difficult round for me. And this is one of the big benefits of the CMC builds is you get the very first part of the fifth round where I think there's usually somebody that falls that you feel good about. Yeah. And so, so it was close though. It's cl it was close. It's close. And so early fifth, you start to get into like guys that are a little bit uncomfortable. And this is, this round is a nightmare to me. There's not a comfortable pick. And this is, because of where I've been falling with my teams, I've ended up with a ton of Mark Andrews, who I feel like I'm reaching a little bit, but it's a position that I know if I don't take him and he doesn't come back to me in the sixth, I'm like, I'm in a totally different build. And so I've struggled mightily in the fifth. I've started taking more of the elite quarterbacks of late. What, like, what is, who is your favorite pick in the I've, fifth round? I've of almost, this, like, at the end of five, I've almost always taken Andrews or Hawkinson. You know, just get the tight end, elite tight end out of the way. I'll definitely take the premium quarterback if I have a stack set up. Like if it was a zero RB team, if I've got Diggs or Hopkins at the one-two yeah. turn, if I've got Lamb or Cooper at the three-four turn, I've got plenty of quarterbacks that I can go. You know, Lamar, I like a little bit better naked than the other guys there. If I have to go receiver, I've been really mixing between like Galladay, Beckham, Robbie, you know, which in yeah. Ayuk, you know, which feels yeah. early for them. Yeah. I will like I will take Mike Davis here. Uh so once in a while, maybe I'll take Hunt or Gaskin, just depending on the team. But the RBs have been falling so much that I'd rather yeah. see if I get a really good RB value at seven, eight versus taking those guys at five, six. So that's changed a little bit. Let's see. I'm trying to see some of these other structures. See, we do have some RB heavy drafters. Uh, we've got three RB teams from DKV, TAKV. He's got Eckler, Chubb, Jacobs. John Mario's got Aaron Jones. Oh, he's only got two. But Drake's got Jonathan Taylor, Chris Carson, David Montgomery. So there are. So this is a little bit of mixed room. It's been pretty balanced so far. 
uh, oh, John Mario just took Gaskin. So he's got a three RB team. IHD Allen took Javante. So some of these running backs that have slipped to seven aren't slipping right now, which I think yeah. is fine for us. We might, that, we might yeah, when you have CMC, like whatever. <laughs> yeah, we've we've got some guys. Like we we really there's a basically this, a wide this receiver. Feels like we're range. gonna get some great some great wide receivers again. Yeah, and this is where as much as I've talked about, you can make up for some quality with quantity at wide receiver. All these, all the research I've done, like the biggest thing is based on what you do early, it changes how much you can take late. So you, you start with six straight wide receivers. You can end at eight or seven, you know, usually I get to eight, but it's possible. You, you know, you end at seven. So Drew, we've got available to us. I mean, we got to take Boyd. Sutton Sutton Boyd are my, my picks here. Okay. I, I, I go, roll through the guys because I'm not sure about board, but I think so, I, I'm not as high on Sutton. I think Sutton went. Did he? Okay. I'm, yeah, he, no, he did. He did. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm not as high on Sutton, but I, I, I like Chark and Boyd here. Um, Chark and Boyd is, is fine by me. Which like also gives us stack flexibility. So we've got the Cincy stack yeah. double, and then we've got you know Lawrence. I love taking the rookie quarterbacks, and I think as much as I've touted. Fields and Lance, we might have gone a little too far. Where Lawrence sometimes yeah. is going after those guys, yeah. and pretty consistently going after Lance now. Yeah, which is a little, little wild. So we went Chark Feel, Boy. Feels, yeah, that's great. The other thing is that's where if we had started Metcalf, you know, I would have taken Russ there. Yep, we didn't, and that's where Herbert sometimes will go with with Keenan teams, but I'd rather wait and see now because now we set up the Cincy side too, right? So now we the other thing we could have done there, we could have gone Herbert and Mike Williams, but I prefer the Cincy side and potentially, you know, grabbing Burrow. So like I like the route that we went there, but there were definitely some some different options. Yeah. And that's that's why again, the way the drafts fall, I think is so beneficial to the CMC teams because I think their teardrops right around the levels that his pick ends too. And so I think third round reversal would like shake, shake up everything substantially. Yeah. Uh, John Silas mentions that I got some sun and I've been doing some yard work, have not been doing yard work. Uh, Rachel has no. been doing yard work. <laughs> the landscaping crew has been doing yard work. I have not been doing Mike, yard I work. think, I, I, I don't think you should admit to your wife no. being the one who does all the yard I'm, work. I I'm think proud you should have just it, stuck, stuck with the lawn crew. I think, I think you're giving you. Silva more, more ammunition. Bring it on Silva. I do want to note, I think people have noticed I've been tanner lately. I've, I've tweaked my lights. They used to be like just a straight white lights. And after being called translucent on a podcast, yeah. I've uh, I've got them the settings on the yellow white lights a little bit more. So hopefully that's, that's what I got going. I've got basically straight white lights, so you can you can bring the translucent comments right here. Look as like white as I did though. Yeah, I looked like bad. <laughs> like I looked like like I was a vampire. I was sick. I don't know. I was short on blood. Things didn't look great. <laughs> So Herbert goes, unstacked Herbert goes at 7-11. But as you said, we've got flexibility. We've got yeah. Burrow, who we can take at this turn. We've got Lawrence, who we can take later. You know, And we've got Tannehill, who we can take later. So it's like a yep. dream. Um, yep. And this is this is one of the things I was talking on um, with, with Ben Gratch and Sean Siegel on their Stealing Bananas podcast that I did a 
spot on last week, but I think the really sharp best ball drafters are building in this type of optionality throughout the draft so that they can just kind of wait on which quarterback falls to a level that's really comfortable for them and then match the stack that way. And then over a number of teams, if you're max entering or you're entering a ton of teams, you eventually kind of end up with, you know, stack allocations that are somewhat representative of, of the values. Yeah, we're gonna have a tough decision to make here. We, we're, we have a lot of optionality here because Goddard and Fant are there, which would be pretty nice with this start. Higby's not far down. We probably could go, you know, Burrow tight end here. Um, yeah. But there's also the Miami receivers. You know, if we want it, we can keep. I think it's a little early. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think taking, I think taking Burrow is fine. Um, has Hertz gone? Because uh, yeah, Hertz. Yeah, is gone. Hertz is gone. Because sometimes in these turns you can get like Hertz Goddard on those turns that look okay as well. Running back is starting to get pulled. Running back has gone like pretty reasonable ADP this draft. There there haven't been running backs that have been sliding. Yeah. At a certain point, we're gonna have to put like like Pollard and Rojo and is that yeah. AJ Dillon. Yeah. I would love to get one of those three yeah. guys, but I think we can do it the next. I, I I think of Henderson in that group as well, for what it's worth. Um, Hardman would have been behind, one of the, but like Hard, Hardman would have been one of the few wide receivers I would have. Considered. I'm not. What is with this the, the Hardman kick you've been on? Like you, he's since I did my video on Hardman, he's jumped up like two rounds, and you seem like you're still taking him a lot. It just yeah. seems like a crazy tap. Like you're taking Hardman over Fuller, Will Fuller. No, like, I'm not. No. Okay. No. Okay. Well, this is like that's generally the range. All right. So I think we should go Goddard here. Okay. That's like it's better. really good. It's just an ADP smash yeah. value at yeah. this point. He's top of our board. The next picks, you know, tough. Do we want to take Burrow? I, I kind of would. I, it's a little bit of a reach on Burrow, but it's like eight picks ahead of ADP. You know. I think right? it's fine it's, to take Burrow. I, it's not even like, eight do, picks. You, do you have a no? It's about the it's a it's right around. Um, do you have a who 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 would be the wide receiver that we would take if we weren't taking the Burrow? wide receiver we'd take would probably be like Waddle. They they, they just all went. Yeah, in a row. so I would take Burrow here. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go. I think Waddle. so as well. The wide receivers there were like four straight wide receiver picks before us, including Brandon yeah. Cooks, McCall Hardman, Devonte Parker. Yeah. And then Will Fuller went like a little bit before that. Antonio Brown went at eight five. Those are all guys I would have taken um, yeah. or considered. Okay, so we get the double though with Burrow, and we we take Burrow slightly ahead of ADP, but not really. I mean, we got him at pick ninety seven. His ADP is ninety nine point two. You know, to get a <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean long. that that is at ADP. Like that's yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, you made it sound like we were going early. So Boyd, no, no, no. no, I think it's totally, I think it's great. I think we're off to a great start. So Boyd and Higgins combined were like five picks ahead of ADP, but our ranks have them like even higher than ADP yeah. to begin with. Yeah. So like the net cost on that stack for us was basically at cost. Yep. Um, which kind of crazy. We get this super heavy wide receiver start, but we're not like totally shut out of tight end quarterback upside, um, which I didn't expect. Yeah, no, I think this is I think this is an ideal start. I mean, to have <laughs> six wide receivers and the onesie positions filled and then CMC, CMC just allows you to it's the same thing with Dalvin Cook. Um, Eagles was mentioning in, in chat, you know, the, the Dalvin Cook teams look great, too. And I totally agree. I mean, the, these two spots are where I think a lot of value in the draft just tends to fall. There tend to be enough guys in the first and second spots. 
I think that the really tough spots for me in the draft are like the six through eight range. Like things get really, really shaky at times in, in, in those ranges um, where you feel like you're constantly kind of like taking somebody a little bit ahead of where you want to. Okay. Higby, I would have doubled up on tight end had Higby lasted. He did not. Some other options we're looking at. I mean, I think we'd like to get one of the running backs. Can you scroll on the draft board a little bit? Oh, yes. Thank you. Good call. Scroll down. Sorry, I didn't hear that last part that you were saying. There's about five running backs or so that we'd like to get. Marvin Jones is lingering around as part of like setting up a double with Lawrence. Yeah, um, and, and then there's some Cincinnati has by week ten and Jacksonville is by week seven, so that's fine. So I the one thing I'll mention that I probably pay more attention to bye weeks than most people. I'm like really trying to be bye week diverse in these types of contests. I am on my hyper fragile teams. Wide receiver, as long as I get like four to five not on the same bye week i don't care if like the other four are on the same bye week you know that week seven bye week's the biggest killer yeah uh yeah so like i one of our etr subs messaged me last night that he was in a live draft with me and he's like hey sorry you know use your own work against you and i was like well that's what you pay us for so like (laughs) you're welcome to do that obviously um but he had double stacked uh the giants and cincinnati and they both have bye week 10 and i was like hey man just keep an eye on bye weeks in the future because he had four pass catching options all in the same bye week and the two quarterbacks so yeah, like you're you are going to have to overcome you're gonna have to get lucky to put up a good score week 10 and then you're gonna have to overcome that score at some point in the season by building up really big weeks because it's a cumulative game like you can't like having a really bad week can really hurt. And so that's why I try to be really thoughtful with bye weeks. Yeah. I have a large disdain for zeros in my lineup. Uh, with that said, like if you're fringy at like wide receiver three, one week, it's okay. But then when you're talking two double stacks, now you've yep. either got to take a third quarter, like you can't yeah. punt a full quarterback score. You yeah. know, you punt in a third wide receiver score once through the season, it's not yeah, a deal. That's going to happen. That's just that, naturally going to happen. Yeah. That plus a yeah. quarterback score. Yeah. Then the hyper fragile, like if you're doing three to four running backs, it's tough because you're already playing that tight. Like you might have some weeks where guys yeah. don't get hurt big time, but they miss a couple weeks and like you're already playing it pretty tight. Like you can't afford to just give up a score right away. So, um, okay. So Pollard or AJ Dillon, it looks like. Yeah. Well, we'll get here. I wouldn't even mind taking both of those guys at running back. I right would be now. totally, totally thrilled to take both. Uh, we do have bi-week overlap with CMC on 13, but like, I don't yeah, know. That's, at, at this that's, point, so, so maybe I would put Daryl Henderson, like, ah, Pollard, go see Lafferty, yeah. of course, sniping yeah, us. He's so, going to take Pollard. So, um, so we'll take Henderson as one of the two. And yeah, then I guess, what, would you take Latavius or Dylan? God, there's also Marvin is like set up the double for. I might take Marvin and and punt the Latavius decision and see. Yeah, so Marvin and Henderson. Yeah, that Henderson. works for me. So we are at a point where we will need a fourth receiver that is not on week seven by or an eighth yeah. receiver. Well, we're taking eight yeah. receivers anyway, so that's fine. Okay, so we'll go Henderson um, and Marvin. Eagle, Eagles asked, "Do you think stacking?" player star players with same bye week will help your team be more unique. I feel it is a way to get away from the crowd. Um, 
So I think, I think it really comes down to like what Mike and I were trying to talk about is like positional stuff. Um, like people who are doing that with two quarterbacks and then not drafting a third quarterback. I think that like you're, you're starting down 20 points to everybody in your league basically. And I think that's asking for trouble. Um, I think doing that at, you know, two running back spots when you have, you know, five running backs, like you can probably get away with it. So it's, it's sort of positional in terms of how you're approaching it. Um, and quarterback is the one I would be most sensitive to just generally. Like I, I don't want to, I don't want to seed a, a bye week at quarterback where I'm taking a zero. It's just, it's really tough to overcome. Yeah, I'm with you. And in general, the unique questions, uh, most of my answer is, you know, stop trying to be unique. Just try and build really, really good teams. Like the, the only time I care about being unique is like if I'm taking around 17 to 18 wide receiver that maybe like I'm correlating with my quarterback or like I'll be off the board in those two rounds. But like before that, I think being unique is a little bit overrated. You know, so much is going to happen between now and the start of the season with ADPs and people drafting differently that I don't know. I'm not too focused on it personally. Yeah. And people in people in chat are saying you got to assume your team is smashing. I I get that logic, but I, I mean you're you're making you're 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 naturally making the margins thinner. And I just yeah. am tr- everything that I'm trying to do is trying to make my margins wider. Like that's the whole point of like the things that I'm trying to do. And so um, I'm just I'm probably more particular on it than most. Okay, someone I think took Lawrence unstacked early, so. That's fine. Yeah, um, uh, they have they have the Lawrence James Robinson stock. I am tilting a little bit that uh, Fields has the same bye week as Burrow coming back. Yeah, yeah. That's annoying. It is. It is. A, it is one of the challenges of of Burrow stacks um, because he's got a couple of the quarterbacks, you know, um, Fields and Daniel Jones, who both have, who both like fall into viable backdoor stack candidates because with fields you can do commit uh with daniel jones you've got slayton you've got shepherd you've got ingram um so yeah that is one of the challenges about boyd stacks so we've got a couple running back options jamal williams devin singletary uh, alexander madison i like madison a lot in this group yeah um I don't really want to take David Johnson at some point. If he fell far enough, I would consider him, but probably not yet. There are probably like four backs. David Johnson just goes. So Jamal Williams, Devin single Alexander Madison. I think there's a pretty big drop off after those three guys quarterback. I'm not really sure what to do with. I'm open to taking an unstacked fields and, you know, just taking a third quarterback super late to, you know, hopefully get us through that week 10 yeah. by week. Um, just cause the combination of a CMC team and as wide receiver heavy as we want, we have like a spot to play with. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine to take three quarterbacks. That and that that's totally fine by me if if you wanted to go that route. Um, this is a this is a round right here of a lot of guys that like are not. Well, there goes Fields. Fields goes. right before Fields. Um, a lot of guys that right before that um, that I'm not I'm not drafting very much of at all. The John so this Brown, is a really interesting Brown, conversation. Troutman, like I think I'm more open to this than you probably are, but I think I, I would take an unstacked Matt Ryan and 
I have so much Matt. Ryan. I have so much Matt Ryan. I don't have that much, but I would like, because I, would I have take... so much Ridley. <laughs> so gotcha. like, so I I've ended up a lot in this spot. Um, I'm open. Uh, there. Oh, so you laugh at this. <laughs> well, he's got pits. He's got pits. So he's got pits. We can still curse at him. So I think like of those running backs, Jamal Williams, Singletary, Madison. Who's your favorite? Um, Madison is my favorite. Um, okay, Madison is fine on running back by weeks. I'm not really concerned about the flex. And then the question is, do you go like Evan Ingram? This is pretty late for him. Or do you just get your fourth running back and be done? Um, I kind of like the running the problem, back idea. Yeah, the, the running back, it would have to be Jamal because you you don't yeah, want to so go double by week seven. I think Jamal's um, fine. I mean, Jamal at 12, Jamal's, is Jamal's fine. Yeah. Let's go, Jamal. We'll just punt quarterback down the kick QB2 down the can. This is where I think too, like you can't hyper obsess over all the stacks. Like we still have a correlated bet on Jacksonville. Just because we don't have Lawrence, doesn't yeah. mean we don't have a correlated bet on Jacksonville. We're really hoping the borough double just descends and takes us. You know, so I'll you know, we'll take two QBs. Yeah. One of the one of the things that I when you ask like uh, when I said Mikol was one of the guys I would consider at that uh, eight nine area, the other thing about Mikol is you know week seventeen correlation with Cincinnati was like another reason that that kind of came up for me around that area. Um, mm-hmm. Generally, when I've been drafting Mikol, it's been like mid nine, um, and I got a lot of them before your your video went out around there, and now it's been harder. Um, sometimes if if drafts are super wide receiver heavy. He might end up being the best wide receiver, and I'm I'm still taking wide receivers in like early nine, late eight. Yeah, I've had a tough time drafting him where he's been going, just positionally. Um, I, yeah. I I don't have since I like I said you talk about like it was midnight. Like, I mean, it was round eleven when we started Best Ball Mania. You know, and yeah. that's where I was really gobbling him up was ten eleven, and yeah. I don't know. I like him. But it's, it's Winky also cool. notes uh, Madison works because your biggest threat in this group is Claff, and if Cook goes down, you kill him and reap all the rewards. Good little in-season leverage within the league. The metaverse of drafting. <laughs> so we're done with running backs with yeah. McCaffrey, Henderson, Madison, Jamal Williams. We're just letting those ride. It's a little risky because we have you know a couple guys that are pretty high on contingent value. That's where. You know, just missing Dylan and Pollard was tough because I think Dylan and Pollard have a little bit more week-to-week usability than Henderson. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Madison, I actually feel okay about. Yeah. Um, he's definitely going to have zero weeks, though, the games that are highly competitive. Uh, but he will have usable weeks without Cook getting hurt. It's just there's going to be a lot of weeks in between where he's zero and Jamal gives us like some semblance of safety. If they use the Detroit backs the way we think they are, which is not going to be a full workhorse Deandre Swift role. Quarterbacks. When you're in this spot, you really, it's hard to backdoor a stack because you're only taking, you know, maybe one wide receiver more. Yeah. Like Max, just given our start, I guess I guess you could take two wide receivers. No, we can take nine, but, but it's it's a little awkward. What, um, are, what are the top quarterback options? Because we do, I would want to avoid Daniel Jones. I don't think he's like like 
he's not like fields to me. I guess maybe I shouldn't discount that, but he's not like fields to me where I think there's like nuclear upside that those guys are all gone. Oh, they are. Okay. Yeah. It's Baker, Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz, Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold, Derek Carr. So I like Taysom Hill as a swing super late. Yeah. If we're going, you know, yeah. Taysom Hill is an interesting swing. Um, as a third quarterback, I think it's pretty tough as a second quarterback. Like, I think we have to be kind of okay taking, you know, an unstacked Baker or Zach. Yep. Um, just yeah, I agree. And there's like Donovan Peoples Jones. We could go around yep. 18 with Baker. Uh, yep. I I still like Denzel Mims for free at the end of drafts with Zach yep. Wilson. Um, I wish wish someone took Fitz a little early because Diami Brown's there and it could have done a little Diami Brown yeah, Fitz. Back that, back. That's another one of the ones that I think about at this area. But yeah, this is why a lot of these CMC teams for me, they end up almost being three quarterback teams just because I keep taking all the skill position value that falls. And then at the end, I'm like, oh, all right, I've kind of backed myself into a little bit of a corner here. Yeah, there's also Hooper might last as a tight end if we take Baker. Um, yeah. I think Baker was just one, though, actually. Oh, no, he didn't go. No, Daniel Jones. isn't going to take Baker because he's got Ryan and Tua. Yeah, uh, yeah unless... Baker's, Baker's fine at 14-15. Totally fine. So we might actually we, – we, we could get the 3-4-8-3 three, three here, Dink. So I'm going to slide Baker to the top of our queue so we take him. The other questions are A.J. Green – and then there's a huge drop off in wide receivers relative to ADP, but there's all the mm-hmm. rookies. You've got Mims, you know, Slayton, Amari Rogers, Eskridge, Amonra, St. Brown. At tight end, you've got Komet, who I like. I could take Komet here. We've got Hooper as the backdoor stack for Baker. I don't think we need to take Hooper here. So I, yeah. this is a tricky spot. Um, um, so if you're also you're to, Zach so, Wilson, so, Zach so, Wilson, so this is what I was going to say. What I was going to say is, if you're, are you more committed to the three on the QB or the tight end side? Because that's the pick. Like if you, it, like if you want to guarantee more three of tight ends, then you take Komet. If you are more stuck with three of quarterbacks, then you take Zach. I think I'd rather have three tight ends. Okay, then I think you take Komet. Oh boy. I played it fast and loose with the clock there. I don't know what just happened because we need to scroll down on the draft board a little more. Uh, Well, we got Kabat. Don't you worry. Okay. Okay. (laughs) See, this is like like Slavicus taking Zacchaeus in round 15 just for the stack. That's rich, buddy. That's rich. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think our plan is that Cincinnati smashes and like Baker to me is safe enough that we don't need a third QB. On this team you know if think, it fell uh, yeah. i think that's it. yeah i think that's totally fine to me too and that's that's where i was gonna go with that where if uh if that baker pick was like sam darnold or something like that i might say hey maybe we get zach wilson or if burrow was like instead of a, a burrow stack there it was i don't know like a like a, a fields or a lance uh, Lance is tough because it's the same bye week, but a fields like I'd, I'd be like, okay, we need to emphasize the third quarterback. But I think I think the way we played that there is is correct. Um, one guy that so one thing that I'd keep in mind is we're, we are playing for Cincinnati to be like the big winner and 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 roll through here. And the, their opponent in Week 17 is Kansas City, and so I do start to think more about Demarcus Robinson or Byron Pringle 
as like maybe one of the last wide receivers um, just to try to get that kind of correlation. Cause I don't want it at running back. I don't want to use another running back spot. on like a Daryl Williams. Um, yeah. So just something to think about. Someone took Hooper from us, but that's fine. Yeah, sometimes Hooper doesn't even get drafted. Like they, they, there's a lot more tight end drafting going on in this one than some of the best balls I've been in of late. Yeah, we're in a weird spot where we like don't need a third tight end. It probably makes sense for us to be a little safer there, though, just given yeah what's going on. But we've got I don't know. I think we I think we could all. I think the 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 tight ends we have are like good enough. That it's the same. I think we're in the same spot at quarterback and tight end where they're like good enough that if we needed to let them stand alone, they're fine. Um, but if we could give them a little bit more support, you know, that's fine too. So like I, I I think we're in a pretty good spot where we can do a lot of different things here. Yeah, I don't think we should get to ten wide receivers. Like, yeah, we took too many early. Yeah. We should be playing that spot somewhere else, and that's yeah. where I could maybe even see, you know, Darrington Evans. Like I could maybe see a fifth running back here after all, just like because I don't yeah, think I Evans want Evans is. Oh, we didn't take Dylan. So, okay. I I was thinking third guy week 13, it gets a he's, little bit tricky. Yeah. He's by week with CMC, but not with any of the other guys. And he's an extra guy. And the, anyway. the, the biggest thing that I'll say there is when you're adding depth onto a position, it's like is the fact that he's an extra guy makes this okay. But if he was like your fourth guy and CMC is your anchor, I want, I generally want my guy to not be matching my anchor. That's the buy. That's the guy I have to replace that week. Like I have to replace the CMC score. I don't have to worry about replacing the Daryl Henderson score. I might not need that Daryl Henderson score in week 11. Um, but I, I do think about that in the context of bye weeks. Yeah. And this is like a swing at upside for us. We don't want someone safe at the position. And if he doesn't last, you know, we might not even take another. Yeah. Week. I mean, Clough is going to take him now that we've been talking. Yeah. He does, he can't draft by himself. He needs us yeah. to give him the picks. So I understand <laughs> Us feeding him the picks is gonna <laughs> result in that. I do like Gainwell too, though, and he doesn't. I I would take I I would, I would take Gainwell too. I'm just looking. I don't think we need ten receivers, but we don't need a third quarterback. It's like what? So what are the top? I think I think we just take top best available. What's what are the best available guys? Gainwell, Hamler, Slayton, Ebron, Eskridge, Renfro, Ertz, Darrington Evans, Rashad Penny. Jarek McKinnon. Then, then it starts getting to just whatever okay. flaggers you want. Yeah, I'd probably take. Okay, I'm I'd probably take Evan Evans and in, in a wide receiver. Um, yeah, and I, think I like Eskridge the most. And then in that yeah. round eighteen, either taking Pringle or DPJ, just based yeah, on who's. There. I think that I think that sounds great. Okay, well, yeah. Darrington Evans. Make sure I actually click draft on these because this is the part of the draft. <laughs> Oh, wait, I screwed that up. Hmm. What did you screw up? Well, I, we have we have third tight end, I think, in our in our pocket, too, as well. as Yeah, the, I guess. Is, yeah, we have a couple in, different in options. To Pringle and DPJ. Yeah. Like if Ebron fell, I would take him as a third tight end. Okay. If he went, then it's a little bit more, I don't know. I'd maybe take Ertz and just hope you get the nut landing spot, but... I have not. I have not drafted Ertz once this year. I haven't either, but I don't think he's been there in round eighteen for me, or eighteen twelve. Oh, yeah. Or we could just take Hayden Hurst and just 
completely leverage uh, Zilaficus's team. <laughs> Take Njoku. My concern here, though, is like we, I, we, I shouldn't have taken Eskridge there. We probably should have taken Ebron over Eskridge there. I got a, I, I like jumped the gun a little bit. I think it's just because, th- just because. But I have a tight end. I think I want to we, take. We had also, so we have eight wide receivers. We have nine. We have we nine. Definitely don't need two, ten. Like that's the problem. Two, five, nine. Like we should. Wait, be no. We have. We only have four. We running have backs. eight. We have eight. Oh, no, we do have eight. We do have eight. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. I feel like we used the extra spot that we were playing with at running back. Yeah. We did, but like eight receivers is, is like pretty good on this team. I don't know. There's one week. Week we have, seven. Week we seven is, deep, is a challenge. Yeah. I mean, I would probably take a third tight end here, but I'm open to like Pringle or DPJ too. Yeah. I'm just thinking, I, I don't, you know, you talked about the margins adding up and like where we want to be risky, where we don't. And I like to really bank on my, on the early stuff going right. So like we were, we took six wide receivers in the first seven rounds and that makes me want to cover tight end and like not press the tight end advantage too much. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine by me. So who do you like most out of Ertz, Dawson Knox, Hayden Hurst? I don't even want to say it. I'll tell you who I like when we're on the clock. But there's O.J. Howard, Donald Parham, Dalton Schultz, Chris Herndon, and Joku. Um, we have Goddard and Komet, so that's 14 and 10. Um, yeah. Ertz goes. Okay. Ertz I would not have taken Ertz. I would not have taken Ertz. I, I would maybe take an Ertz in the hopes of a trade, not as yeah. But that I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. Like personally, um, I mean, if if you're shooting for like upside at, at tight end, I I would go Parham. Ooh, okay. I was thinking there's a guy that gives us the upside and is probably a little bit better in OJ Howard. That was my is my is he better though? He's he's on a team with two other tight ends yeah, and they play I, three wide receivers a lot. <laughs> I, I think, I do think he's better. He's, sixth, he's sixth in their depth chart at, at pass catching, right? Um, Maybe fifth. Yeah. Maybe he's out of I mean, it's the team that projects to score the most points in the league. And it's on Pringle even like you're, I don't, I don't know if he's necessarily third on the depth chart. Like he could be first, Okay, but that would, we could that go would be Parham for the brand. Parham, Parham would be my guy. Oh man, Parham for the brand. Our first dissension, round eighteen, the most <laughs> important of selections, eighteen twelve. Okay, Donald Parham, it is for the brand. Okay, so rolling through the draft board, McCaffrey, AJ Brown, Keenan Allen, T Higgins, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, Tyler Boyd, six wide receivers in the first seven rounds. Dallas Goddard. I really like Ian Burrow at nine, like not only completing the double stack, but as we mentioned, we kept a lot of flexibility at tight end and quarterback where we weren't backed into three despite starting with CMC, which is usually a four running back build and six receivers in the first seven, which is usually an eight wide receiver build. Finally hit some running backs and Daryl Henderson, get Marvin Jones to set up the stack that we got sniped on on Lawrence. And then we decided just to play the running back tier with Madison, Jamal Williams. Baker in round 14 unstacked, but just really safe. 
as far as a QB two. And really, you know, we're hoping that it's, it's the Burrow show. They're just throwing often. They're efficient. It's Burrow almost every week. We're using his score. Get Komet in round fifteen because we decided you know we're fine with three tight ends. Let's take him there. Evans was like our bonus pick, just swinging it upside. Really nitpicky, but in retrospect, I would have taken Ebron over Eskridge in round 17. And I mean, look at the wide receiver that you would have ended up with there. Who like? I mean, it's probably did, be did, Slate, did Slayton last? Did Slayton not get taken? Uh, Slayton might not have gotten. I mean, it would have been a so bad. I mean, I'm just seeing like Isaiah McKenzie, and I'm like, whoa. I just would have rather had a, a bad receiver than like. Like I think Ebron was a strong was probably a better value in a vacuum than Eskridge. Like all these people are worried about Fryermuth. I mean, these rookie tight ends don't play that much. I mean, Ebron for free as our third tight end. Just we just would have been really safe at tight end, I guess. And I would have yeah. been okay being really safe in one spot because we only went two QBs and we were we're just loaded at running back and receiver on this team. Like we really are pretty yeah. loaded. I write, um, I liked class draft until round fifteen. I think things started to go off the walls with Zacchaeus, Josh Reynolds, McKinnon, McKenzie. Yeah, his last four rounds were were a little bit wild. He had a very nice start to the draft for it's sure. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful draft. Ayuk was a little early, but that's kind of that's where you get stuck. That's 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 where you get stuck. You know, that's where I I would have taken Miles Sanders as an RB two yeah. and made it four. I, he did end up with like Hunt and seven yep. Pollard and Dylan, so he ends up with a nice four yep. RB build where. But he took McKinnon in it to get him up to five RB. So yeah, but a lot of different builds. A little bit heavier running back early, but then it sort of started to smooth out. People really hit yeah. receivers in the mid rounds in this draft, which kind of worked out for us because we were almost done with receiver at that point. So there's always an advantage to doing you know, basically the opposite of what your league's doing. All right, Drew. Any parting thoughts? On this million-dollar winning team? I mean, I think I I think these streams are just so much easier when, for a number of reasons, when you land the one-one. Not only are your picks <laughs> back to back, so it's easier to talk about them, but you feel like your team is just glorious the whole time uh, because you get CMC. But I, I really think this is the way to build CMC teams. Where if a great running back value falls to you, but otherwise just load up at wide receiver and then cut off the number of wide receivers you have to play. You cut off the number of running backs you have to play. And now you start ha- because you have CMC and now you start having basically free roster spots, which is really hard to get in best ball because of capital allocation is so important. Um, so I think if you are fortunate enough to get a, a 1.1 spot, I think think of it as taking CMC and then hammering wide receivers. Yeah. And I'm okay with taking a running back at the two, three turn. If like Mixon, Antonio Gibson last. I mean, if those guys last, it's an absolute dream. Um, the guys, the guys you occasionally get are Najee and, and CEH. That's occasional. I haven't seen any Mixon Gibson there since I've been drafting in the last like three weeks. We're going to try and do an FFPC draft tomorrow. I don't know how quickly it's going to fill. I just did from the three spot in FFPC total boomer draft. I started Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, CEH, and I'm ju- and I'm just gonna play. I might grab a fourth running back late because they have. You can start up to four running backs in that league. It's only two wide receivers and two flex, which usually works out for the wide receiver heavy builds because people go a little bit too crazy on running backs. But I thought that was just I don't know. I thought that was an interesting start. I've done some simulation data that says like even on FFPC, some of these three running yeah. back teams, you pray these guys stay healthy. 
Uh, and the receiver depth later in the draft on FFPC is there because of this. Like people. Well, the, other, the other thing is FFPC is tight end premium, right? So like, so you're getting some of those running backs pushed down a little bit, um, like getting getting Dalvin at three, getting Mixon, I guess, into round three. Is that is that? Yeah, I I got Dalvin at three because Kelsey went two, yeah. and then you know Kittle and Waller are going before right. you know your pick at two ten. Right. Uh, Pitts went at the turn at the two three right. turn, which pushed CEH. So yeah, down. so that so that ended up. So you got Mixon in two and CEH in three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I, so that's the nature of that scoring being a little bit different and pushing all the tight ends up a little bit more and making it so that you have those opportunities. So I get that. Yeah, and the tight end premium. Not only that, but more tight ends get drafted, more running right. backs get drafted, which means some of the receivers you're taking in like round nine here you're taking around 11 or 12 on ffpc so you can the making up for quality with quantities in some ways a little easier because of the positional depth in some ways a little bit harder because it's full ppr scoring which makes it harder for guys to just you know luck into a very hot week for like a 281 so it's interesting so we'll try and do an ffpc draft tomorrow assuming we can get it to fill i haven't done any sitting goes yet so i'm just a little nervous about it but yeah Thank you for tuning in. If you're listening to the audio version of this, or if you're just listening to YouTube, whatever you're doing, go to the Established Run YouTube channel, hit the like button, subscribe, go to the Establish the Edge podcast feed on iTunes, subscribe, rate, review us. It'll be a big help. Appreciate everyone uh, taking the time to tune in this afternoon. We'll be back tomorrow, Tuesday, July 20th at 2 p.m. Eastern time for another live draft stream.